Marco on the normal radio. Free weed. Free weed. Oh, yo. Danny Danko come to show you how it grows. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko on normal radio. Presented by High Times Magazine. See me, I say, boom, bang. Big respect. See me, I say, Danny Danko. Yes, thank you very much, DJ Jock and Winstrong, for the tune Free Weed. Boom, bap. That is a great song. It's been stuck in my head all weekend. But uh, we are back. Welcome to episode two of Free Weed with Danny Danko. This is brought to you by High Times Magazine, and we are on the normal radio network. Really excited about this. We had uh, episode one last week. We're now doing two, and... uh, we feel like we've got a good combination of news and, and cultivation stuff and interviews. Um, really excited about the podcast. So uh, definitely check it out every, anywhere you can. If you're listening on Normal Radio Live, please subscribe at iTunes. Uh, go to hightimes.com slash freeweed. Uh, there's basically a feed burner there that you, it'll feed the show to any uh, any device you want to listen to it on. And the more subscribers, the better. I really want to help spread the word. Twitter, Facebook, you know. Uh, spread the word because we're really the reason this show is called Free Weed is because the more people who grow the cheaper it'll be and the, the more it'll just be something that you just give to a friend like a tomato that you grew in your backyard so that's that's why I call this Free Weed hopefully people will eventually just wind up with Free Weed and that's the aim of the show um, we're going to have some news some current events some activism in the first segment and we got an interview with Alan St. Pierre and then we get heavy into the cultivation. We're going to talk about cloning. We got the strain of the week. Uh, we're going to answer questions, Dear Danko questions that were submitted via Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can email me at deardanko at hightimes.com. After that, uh, fifth segment, I'm really excited about this interview with Subcool. Uh, he is a breeder. He's a member of the Seed Bank Hall of Fame, uh, the High Times Top 10 Strain of the Award a uh, top 10 strain of the year winner multiple times with strains like Jack the Ripper and Vortex. Uh, we're going to be talking to him and uh, his lovely wife, Miss Jill, as well. They are a cannabis couple. We're excited about that. And right on, that uh, brings us into the news. I want to introduce uh, my producer, Mike Hughes. He is helping us out with the news. Yeah, a couple of uh, encouraging studies came out in late July. Uh, one dealing with the cognitive effects of marijuana and the other uh, dealing with how pot could potentially get you off of hard drugs. Wow, yeah, okay. So this first study is an Australian study and uh, basically says that pot use has little long-term negative effect on cognitive learning and memory and that any damage that may occur due to marijuana is reversible. Um, Basically, taking care of the old argument that pot causes permanent mental impairment. So, yeah, and, and that second study you mentioned, that was actually done by NIDA and published in uh, Nature, and this is about CBDs. They didn't even use real cannabis for this study. They used uh, a synthesized form of CBD called GWH133. And so, yeah, J, JWH133, and, and NIDA, of course, is the National Institute on Drug Abuse, which is uh, an American uh, group. Mm-hmm. So this is an American study. And uh, And they did have to use the synthesized form of uh, cannabinoid. Right. 
So, and, and in that in that study, they found that intravenous cocaine delivery to mice was reduced by 50 to 60 percent by using this synthesized form of CBD. Um, I think you know if they use real cannabis, they would probably have an even higher rate of uh, reduction there. But the reason that they can't, I guess, is this whole idea that marijuana is Schedule One. Uh, it's a Schedule One drug, along with some really heavy-duty stuff that has no medicinal value. And so uh, that brings us to this uh, John Getman thing about rescheduling cannabis. Now, this battle has heated up now because the DEA formally rejected the uh, the petition to deschedule or reschedule and claim that marijuana has the highest potential for abuse. And they, they, it took them a long time to even get to that point, right? Yeah, they originally filed this petition, John Getman, along with the Coalition for Rescheduling uh, Cannabis, which is a group of activists. Um, they, they filed this petition in 2002, and uh, the DEA dragged its feet for all this time. They were finally forced into uh, making a decision on this, and you know they decided to keep marijuana in uh, Schedule One. But this is actually a positive thing, right? Um, right, because now they're taking the matter to federal court and they're challenging the legality of this highly dubious decision by the Obama administration, uh, oddly enough. And I think uh, he needs to definitely shake up a, a few things over there at the DEA. There, there's some, some rogue things going on over there. And uh, rescheduling cannabis would be a really wonderful way uh, to just completely take it off the books. Unscheduling, in fact, would be even best. So... Uh, we're hoping that they work, that works out for them. And then there's some news out of the Midwest. Yeah, there seems to be a little bit of medical marijuana momentum coming out of the Midwest, specifically uh, Indiana and Ohio. Um, in Indiana, they're actually, speaking of John Getman, using some of his figures, uh, where he notes that back in 2006, Indiana spent nearly $150 million on marijuana prohibition. Yeah, and apparently if uh, they could raise approximately $50 million per year with legalization. Now, that might be a small number, but even that represents a $200 million shift in revenue for the state of Indiana. So uh, that in, in this day and age, that is really important. And right now in that state, an ounce can get you a year in jail and a $5,000 fine, and there is no medical marijuana. So this... Uh, this hearing, I'm glad that uh, most of the people at this hearing were in support of medical marijuana there. Uh, although, <laughs> interestingly enough, one group appearing at the hearing that stands in opposition to any pot legalization, even for medicinal purposes, is a group called Yes Ma'am, and that stands for Mothers Against Meth and Marijuana. Um, they've actually decided to combine those two things yeah, and be a, against... It's an odd pairing, right? Ah, meth and ah, marijuana? Because I can understand Mothers Against Meth. Right. <laughs> that I can wrap my mind around, but Bunching meth with marijuana yeah, together. Yeah, sort of equating these two things. Yeah, is seems bizarre. a little odd, but you know, uh, it clearly the people are are much in support. And uh, apparently, the state senator Karen Tallian, a Democrat out of Ogden Dunes, called actually called the pot laws draconian. So kudos to her for speaking up and speaking out. Now, what uh, what was the deal in Ohio? Well, in Ohio, they're uh, in the process right now of gathering signatures in an attempt to get uh, medical marijuana on the ballot in 2012. Wow. Well, that would be excellent. Um, this uh, Ohio Alternative Treatment Amendment, um, it looks like it would amend the state con constitution 
to allow caregivers to give patients with qualifying ailments up to 3.5 ounces in pot. And this is really important. It's important for the patients of Ohio. It's important for activists, longtime activists there like uh, Tanya Davis, who I've met many times and consider a friend who uh, basically she says, we're hoping the ballot will force our legislators to stand up and do what's right. And this is from a woman who can't stand up. She's uh, in a wheelchair with many debilitating illnesses. Cannabis works for her. The patients of Ohio need this. So do whatever you can if you're in the area to help them raise signatures to get that thing. Because it looks like they've got the signatures to get it into the, into the, uh, the thing. But now they need another 385,000 or so valid signatures to win that spot. So... Please help out any way you can over in Ohio. Uh, another quick note, I want to mention that this appeals court recently upheld a 10-year sentence for Eddie Lepp. Now, they somehow claim that a statu- the statutory minimum sentence is not cruel and unusual punishment. Now, 10 years for growing flowers, they think that's not cruel and unusual. And this, is a, this man is a Vietnam veteran. He was named the High Times Freedom Fighter of the Year. Uh, in 2004, and he all, his only crime is to grow flowers in his yard for medical patients, and he got 10 years. Even the judge that gave him the 10 years, um, even she said she was just bound by the law, and she thought that it was uh, it was too much time. And now he's going to spend another eight years in Lompoc. Um, for that crime of growing plants. So please check out freeedylep.com. That's F-R-E-E-E-D-D-Y-L-E-P-P.com. You can help him out. You can send money to his commissary. You can uh, send him letters. He really loves to get letters from anybody, so please help him out. He's one of those envelope pushers, and he shouldn't have to do 10 years for all of us. And anybody being in jail for this plant is, is an outrage, but especially Eddie. So... Uh, Without further ado, we are going to take a break. We will be back with Alan St. Pierre and a ton of cultivation stuff and uh, subcool as well. So stick around. This is Piotr for Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Did you know that more than 400,000 Americans were arrested last year for the possession of marijuana? People are being sentenced to up to 40 years for even standing beside a joint. Well, I think it is definitely time for you to help doing something towards this. To find out what you can do, just write normal, N-O-R-M-L. 1600 K Street Northwest, Washington, D.C., 2006. That's 1600 K Street Northwest, Washington, D.C., 2006. Help normal to help protect your rights. back and we are talking with Mr. Alan St. Pierre, the executive director of Normal. Alan, thanks a lot for being on the show. My pleasure, Danny Danko. (laughs) Right on. Yeah, you know, I call the show uh, Free Weed from Danny Danko and the idea is, you know, who who could resist free weed? But um, the underlying part of that is also 
um, we're kind of trying to promote uh, growing and cultivation as a political act. I, I think, uh, what do you think about that? Well, it makes eminent sense to me, having been around a lot of people who have chosen the act of smoking to be a political act. Well, you can't get to smoking unless you cultivate. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, the whole idea of growing your own and, and sharing with friends, uh, I think it goes a long way to getting rid of these arguments that they have about uh, helping cartels and, and things like that. I mean, it's just, uh, what do you think about that? It doesn't make any sense at all when the government argues that that the cartels outside the United States do anything less than prosper from prohibition. And if we're not going to change the laws and set up what I call the corona effect, where you, know, you and I can go out tonight and buy a bottle of corona, and that doesn't upset the world politics or destabilize our borders. Why? Because corona is effing legal. <laughs> but outside of that example, even if we're going to keep prohibition in place, then one has to acknowledge that we can defang, we can largely neuter the cartels by simply keeping the trade interstate, interpersonal, and none of that money gets shipped over international lines. Right, right. And uh, so it's sort of overgrowing the government in a mm -hmm. way. And, and I think, uh, you know, Normal is uh, helping out with the, the uh, Paul Frank bill, right, that's in the... Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and this is going to try to solve the, the whole state and federal conundrum that's going on of interstate commerce, right? Indeed. The first legalization bill for marijuana ever in any of our lives was introduced on June 24th of this year, and it is H.R. 2306. The important phase of that legislation right now is to get everybody who consumes cannabis and loves liberty to contact their congressperson and ask them to be a co-sponsor of the bill. Once we have enough co-sponsors, they can petition the chair to have hearings. And once you have hearings, you can get out onto the floor for a vote. But we can't get there without co-sponsors, and we've only picked up 12 co-sponsors, and we need probably about 50 to get out of committee. So everybody needs to get their congressperson to agree to be a co-sponsor of 2306. The other thing that's really important about this is, beyond the fact of legalization is in play right now in Congress, is the bottom line for normal, and that is that consumers should always be able to grow their own cannabis, uh, whether it's for medical purposes or for recreational. Uh, we absolutely reject the notion that patients and individual adults cannot cultivate a small amount of cannabis for their own personal use. Wow, that's awesome. And, I mean, I have the feeling if, if Barney Frank and Ron Paul can agree on something, um, I think, you know, this is an issue that Republicans and Democrats uh, can actually get behind and agree on as long as we can get the co-sponsors and, and make them, I guess, fear less, uh, you know, what might happen if they, if they help out with this. Well, you brought up a very important word, Dan, and that is the word fear. And there's a couple points here. One is that politicians should fear us, the electorate, because now about 47% of us in the United States want marijuana legalized outright. 
75% of us already want medical marijuana available for patients, and 73% of us already want it decriminalized. So if these politicians had their finger up in the wind, they quickly realized that we're in a strong plurality, and we're getting close to a majority. Nate Silver, who writes for the New York Times and is a statistician, indicates that by 2021, so in roughly 10 years, 60% of Americans, whether they're liberal or conservative, are going to want marijuana legalized. So in the future, politicians really, really need to pay attention to this because this issue is not going away. And the other part of that fear equation is something that we have to do. And I'll use a bad pun here, but it's the correct sociological term. We all have to do a better job normalizing cannabis use in America. And what I mean by that is the recent data indicate um, from the surveys we've taken since December of this past year that even in a place like California that has vetted politically and culturally marijuana more than any place in the world, they still have a roughly 50% fear rate with marijuana. What I mean by that specifically is that when asked, is marijuana more dangerous than alcohol, 50% of the California public polled said yes, and they think it's more dangerous. That meaning marijuana is more dangerous than alcohol. Well, that is just scientifically, culturally ridiculous. So we have a big task. We are probably not going to get marijuana legalized in this country. Californians, Oregonians, Washingtonians, those will all be uh, states that likely will be voting for marijuana legalization in 2012. But we won't get to a winning percentage point if 50% of the American public illogically fear marijuana more than alcohol. Wow. Yeah, well, that's important. And that just involves, I guess, talking to your family, talking to your friends and coworkers, and, and being open about uh, usage. Now, you guys have uh, uh, It's a Normal Life DVD coming out uh, August 16th, huh? and that's uh, sort of following around some activists uh, working for the organization. Indeed. Uh, about three years ago, a production crew went around to the major hemp fests and to normal conferences and a number of other places filming activists, just interviewing them, taking them aside. And so this past summer, last year, they came to us and said, listen, our narrative is pretty clear. We've interviewed all these people, and they just want to live a normal life. They don't want to be harassed by police for using marijuana in the privacy of their home or for using it as a life-saving medicine. They just want to live a normal life. So they asked, could they use the name and the logo, Normal's original logo, in the production and so we agreed to it um and that will be out on the 16th and that is being clustered with another dvd called hempsters uh, which looks at the hemp law reform movement in the united states so for anybody really into this issue your library will be amiss if you don't have um these dvds that look at in the case of it's a normal life marijuana activism in the United States. It talks to dozens and dozens of uh, marijuana law reform activists and lawyers and patients and cultivators and celebrities. And Hempsters looks at the really interesting side story, if you will, around industrial hemp being illegal in the United States, but pretty much legal to grow almost everywhere else in the world. Right. Okay. Well, that is awesome. I'm excited for those products. I'll be checking that out. Uh, 
if people want more information, if they want to join Normal, if they want to contact their Congress people, uh, they can do all of that at normal.org. Um, I know you've got a new webpage relaunch coming up as well, um, where I think that'll be an even more interactive thing. Um, mm -hmm. are you, now, I'm assuming you're going to be at these events now, Seattle, Hemp, uh, Seattle and Portland and Boston coming Absolutely. up uh, in August and September. So. Yep, this, we are definitely in the hemp uh, rally season, and I'm looking forward to seeing all my friends from high times at these events and sharing booths with them. And uh, I think we all can look forward to October 2nd, 60 days from now. And today being, sadly, Dan, the 74th anniversary of marijuana prohibition being made, coming into law. This is the day that President Roosevelt signed the law into being. But it didn't take effect until October 2nd. And this year on October 2nd, we all are going to uh, participate in normal prohibition parties where we're going to encourage folks to get into each other's houses, enjoy some libations, and to watch the beginning of a great educational series by Ken Burns on PBS about the total failings of alcohol prohibition and largely the analogies to today regarding now 74 years of marijuana prohibition. Right. Well, I will definitely encourage people through the show. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Alan St. Pierre, for coming on, and I will see you soon. My pleasure. Look forward to seeing you soon, Dan. Take care. All right. Well, we are going to break right now. Thank you to Alan St. Pierre, and we'll be back. On the road again. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Friends, it's time we legalize the responsible use of marijuana and stop treating marijuana smokers like criminals. We're destroying the lives and careers of hundreds of thousands of good, hardworking Americans every year in this country for no good reason. There's absolutely nothing wrong with smoking pot. For more information on how you can help legalize marijuana, please contact Normal at norml.org. All right. We are about to introduce a new segment we call Hits from the Head Shop. Now, this has to do with our uh, website, headshop.hightimes.com, where we sell everything from T-shirts to books to DVDs and videos and all kinds of wonderful uh, grow-related stuff and high times-related stuff. Uh, Nico's DVD, my book, a lot of great stuff on there. And uh, there's a corresponding phone number, the one eight six six pot shop number. Now... Uh, we get a lot of interesting calls, and uh, these are, you know, recorded for quality control and training purposes, and every once in a while we get a doozy. So uh, without further ado, this is a nice Christian woman who called in to the High Times Head Shop. High Times Head Shop, this is me to help me help you. You know, y'all y'all people really, y'all put these ads in these magazines and get these kids pumped up. Are y'all happy doing that to kids? I'm sorry? Now, did you hear what I said? Uh, what did your advertise say? Roll a joint, pack a bowl, smoke a bong, fire up the vaporizer? What do you think you're doing to kids? Okay, ma'am. Unfortunately, we're just an ordering department. We place orders for magazines. Yeah. Well, you know, your magazine is teaching these kids how to fucking uh, grow marijuana. You know, okay, ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to stop using profanity. And you know what? You can go to fucking hell, and I hope you go to fucking hell. We're teaching these teenagers this. Ma'am, I'm going to have to ask to you to, to stop hell. using profanity, Goodbye, or I am bitch. going to disconnect the call. Goodbye, bitch. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> There's a lot of misdirected anger there. Um, listen, this is probably not the greatest venue to air your prohibitionist rants. And I'll also remind people, High Times is for people 18 and over. So, you know, definitely don't uh, put it in the hands of children. But do light a bowl, smoke a joint, fire up the vaporizer. All that stuff is great. And uh, without further ado, after, th after this... Uh, Next break, we're going to get into some cultivation stuff and we're going to destroy the world. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are now about to start our cultivation segment, and uh, very happy about that. We're going to be talking about cloning uh, this week. What is it, why you want to do it, and uh, how to get it done. So first off, uh, if you've grown from seeds, which most people uh, usually start out with, then you know that uh, you get male and female plants, and uh, you know, you, there's also other ways, there's other seeds out there that you can get auto-flowering and feminized, but typically you get about a 50-50 split there. Um, so when you're growing for a garden, you're actually starting more plants than you need. Uh, cloning gives you multiple identical copies of a mother plant. So you have a mother plant in the vegetative stage, and you're able to take pieces of that mother plant and induce roots to pop out of those pieces. Now, why would you want to do that? You get a level canopy. Uh, each strain like it's a multiple copy of that mother plant so it behaves the same uh, it's resistant to the same pests and uh, basically just behaves exactly like that mother plant uh, would when flowering so a lot of people in production gardens use clones or cuttings in order to uh, produce more and, and be more efficient so at some point you're gonna have to get into cloning and basically it boils down to just two things, and that's heat and humidity. A lot of people will say, uh, you know, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Well, here, you definitely need both. Um, as for heat, you know, regular cloning, the easiest type of cloning is done in a tray, just a simple plastic tray with a hood. Um, and it's done under like a fluorescent type light, like a T5 tube or bulb. And you could put that down pretty close, right up above the clones, and it's not too much light for them. It's just per a perfect uh, vegging and rooting light, a fluorescent T5. So get yourself one of those. Um, as for adding heat, room temperature is too cold, really, for clones to flourish. So you want to get an electric heat mat or something to put under that tray. And um, as far as humidity goes, especially times like now, wintertime, it's typically really dry. Uh, you need a dome, a clear plastic dome to go over the tray. So basically, once you've got your heat mat, your tray, your dome, and your fluorescent lighting, you are ready to start cloning. But you will need a mother plant, and a mother plant comes from a seed, typically, unless you got a cl clone from someone else and, and vegged it out. Uh, basically, you're going to grow the plants out from seed, and you're going to start choosing the ones you want for a mother plant. But how do you know... Uh, what they're going to do when they flower. Well, you take a clone of the plants that you planted from seed and you flower, you root the clone and you flower the clone. And that clone will tell you, is it a male, is it a female, how it behaves, how soon it finishes, and all the things you want to know from choosing a, a real good phenotype for your mother plant. Now, 
Once you have that mother plant grown out, now you're ready to clone. You need a very, very sharp knife or razor, uh, not, nothing serrated, just a really sharp, nice blade. And uh, you basically take a piece of a branch of your mother plant, cut at a diagonal right below a node where the leaf meets the stem, and then you can trim uh, the first couple of nodes from the cut end off, and immediately you want to dip that cut end into a rooting hormone or solution of some sort. Sometimes they're powder, sometimes they're gel. Uh, both work perfectly good. They have uh, uh, vitamins there, they have antifungal properties, and they help to induce the roots. And then you want to put your clone cut end first gently into your medium, medium of choice, whether that be rock wool or a soilless mix or cocoa peat or whatever, whatever you've chosen to put in that tray to root your clone. At that point, you know, you put your lid on. Uh, you can mist them occasionally with a sprayer just to keep the moisture level high. And you should, in seven days or so, see roots popping out and you're ready to transplant those plants into a larger container where they will begin their vegetative stage or continue that stage. Um, there's also another side of cloning, which is hydrocloning, um, where basically, even aero-cloning, where you're using a mist uh, with a sprayer and a pump in a reservoir and just misting that cut end constantly or uh, in intervals on a timer to keep it moist at the end. And that, that also can induce roots as well. And that works great for hydro-growers because they can go right into, uh, into their tubes, into their deep water culture systems. So that is cloning. Hopefully uh, you learned something about the most important parts of cloning, and that will lead us into our strain of the week. Uh, pulling these out of my High Times Field Guide to Marijuana Strains, we're doing one a week, I guess, until we run out. For this week, I've chosen Jack Herrer from Sensi Seed Bank. Now, Jack always said, a lot of people say Jack Herrer. Uh, it's Herrer. It rhymes with terror. So, uh, and he was a terror to anyone who tried to end marijuana, pro uh, to, who tried to keep marijuana prohibition going. Um, the author of Emperor Wears No Clothes and just an incredible activist and hemp, uh, hemp freedom fighter, Jack Herrer, um, who passed away, um, but whose presence is still strongly felt, um, especially even at, the, at our, our last event in California, the Cannabis Cups and Seattle Hemp Fest. He, he's there with us and uh, he's going to see this fight through with us. Anyway, the, the strain is from Sensi Seed Bank, which was actually my first inductee into the High Time Seed Bank Hall of Fame. Um, clearly they deserve it. The, they're responsible for so many amazing strains since the 80s really, and then into the 90s as they changed from Sensi uh, into Sensi Seed Bank. So uh, yeah, the Jack, what can I say? This is just an incredible sativa. It's uh, skunk number one crossed with an NL5 haze, uh, very popular NL5 haze from uh, from Holland and a skunk crossed into that. Really, uh, the Sensi Seed staff, they call it the champagne of strains. It's like, you know, really a lot of people's favorites. Super frosty, very bubbly with an incredible amount of crystals. And I mean, even the stems of these plants have resin glands on them. So that's pretty exciting. And now there's so many uh, Jack related strains. You've got Jack Flash, Jack's Cleaner. Um, we'll be talking to Subcool a little later about that. Jack Candy, Jack Yo, Jackie White. It's really a testament to the strength and beauty of this incredible strain. And uh, anyone who's smoked it instantly recognizes that, that pungent, spicy odor and that really uplifting high. 
Um, so it's an honor for Jack, and, and uh, we continue the fight in his honor. And we're going to smoke some Jack for Jack along the way. So um, that is the strain of the week, the Jack Hera from Sensi Seed Bank. So that leads us into Dear Danko, which is some grow questions. We actually got a few questions from Twitter this time, Mike, huh? Uh, yeah, we got a nice response. And remember, you can get your question answered on air here if you send us a question via Twitter. Yeah, and just put the hashtag, uh, hashtag free weed, and that's our, uh, that's our little hashtag for the show, and you can ask your questions there. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, and dear, dear Danko at hightimes.com to get your question answered on the air. Yeah, so the first question is from Twitter, and uh, Bobblehead420 wants to know, if you could smoke one strain the rest of your life, what would it be? Wow, that is such a tough question. I, I've gotten this question a few times before, and I probably give different answers every time. But I think if I really had to make the decision, I would probably have to go with strawberry cough, just because uh, it's so familiar to me. The it's so unique as well, and uh, roots easily grows great. It's got that sativa high, re very uplifting. And I, I just, I love the smell that it leaves behind in the room. If you smoke a joint of it and then you leave the room and you come back, it's, it's really, it's, it's less like a pot smell and more like an incense-y, real rich sort of uh, musky but, but spicy smell that it leaves that's almost like the finest of hash. I really, I got to credit uh, Cushman Massive Seeds. That's where you can get strawberry cough, the, the, the real deal. Um, Kyle Cushman, my former guest from last week. Um, well, it's a Strawberry Fields Haze Cross, and uh, yeah, it's just got that soaring high, that really electric uh, sativa buzz, uh, a perfect daytime weed. So I think if I was out on the desert island, I would go with Strawberry Cough, the real original cut of that, and uh, it's a tough decision, though. There's so many great strains, so many chem strains, so many diesels and cushes and hazes. I really, uh, <laughs> I'd want to be doing some breeding out there on that island anyway, so um, that that is the answer. And who was who asked that question? That was uh, uh, that was Bobblehead four twenty. Thank you for the question, and keep them coming. All right. The next question comes via email, which is deardanko at hightimes dot com. Uh, this one's from Horsemeat Haas, and uh, Horsemeat would like to know when should I switch to a flowering nutrient? Is it when I cut the light cycle to twelve twelve, or when flowers start forming? Well. Uh, my suggestion is to continue feeding with a vegetative nutrient through that first two-week period before you really start seeing the flowers form. Now, I used to think you should switch right away, but I found that a lot of people are getting these, uh, these odd sort of yellowing situations when they make the switch, and I think it's due to a lack of nitrogen during that period. And I think that the phosphorus and potassium that you really need to start building flowers, I don't think you really need that until those flowers actually appear and start to form. And that's, uh, it's, it's sort of a new way of thinking in, on my part and on a lot of growers' parts to actually wait and continue with a nitrogen-heavy uh, feed through those first two weeks after you switch the lights to 12-12 to induce flowering. So... Uh, yeah, wait a couple of weeks. You'll start seeing the little puff balls, little uh, cotton ball hairs start forming. And at that point, you can go to your uh, bloom, you know, your flowering nutrient. And always remember to dilute your nutrient according to the way 
you know, suggested and make sure not to overfeed or overwater anything. All right. And the final question comes from Twitter. Cush versus Hayes writes, Danny, what would be your best advice to women trying to make a name for themselves in the cannabis community? Wow, uh, great question. Um, it can be quite intimidating because it is uh, somewhat of a male-dominated scene, but you know what? Uh, there's the Normal Women's Alliance, which is an incredible organization uh, that Normal, uh, Sabrina at Normal uh, founded in order to give women a stronger voice in this movement. And in fact, uh, they've, they've grown tremendously and they have a mentoring program for younger female activists where people who've been around for a little while and, and understand uh, our community can uh, impart their knowledge to the younger ladies of the community and have a stronger voice. And I think this is incredibly important because women are the arbiters of change. They make change happen. They uh, ended prohibition of alcohol uh, pretty much single-handedly, and we need them. We need them. This far, it's a far... Uh, too long we've been dominated by uh, men and we need people of color, we need people of, uh, we need Hispanics and blacks, we need uh, the lesbian and gay community. We should be reaching out to all of these communities because everybody smokes. I mean, I, not a day goes by where I don't meet uh, a regular sort of looking person, uh, you know, they ask me what I, where I work or whatever and their eyes light up, they all smoke. Whether uh, across every culture, and we, as a movement, really need to uh, work up our diversity. And I know uh, Bobby Tuna, Robert Platchorn's working on this with the seniors. Sabrina's working on it with the ladies. Uh, we just need to reach out and be a broad coalition rather than just a bunch of little groups trying to get little things done. We can accomplish so much more. So uh, as to your question, I would say your first step is to join the Normal Women's Alliance and join that mentoring program because that will immediately immerse you in the movement in the right way and in the most positive way. So uh, that concludes our Dear Danko segment. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, oh, I'm excited about this, an interview with the breeder Subcool. Hey, amigos, Nico Escondido, cultivation editor of High Times Magazine here. Are you tired of searching textbooks to answer one little grow question? Do your eyes hurt from hours in the grow room under those grow lamps? The last thing you want to do is pick up a book and start reading. Well, we have the solution. I'm proud to introduce to you High Times Presents Nico Escondido's Grow Like a Pro DVD with an easily searchable menu of over 60 DVD chapters covering indoor, greenhouse, and outdoor cultivation. All shot in HD, this unprecedented, never-seen-before footage of America's top medical marijuana production facilities includes all the tips and tricks you need to get growing. Topics include germinating, light cycles, choosing lambs, grow systems, mediums, pruning, topping, trestling, harvesting, and more. For more information or to buy this DVD, check out www.headshop.hightimes.com. All right, we are back, and we are talking to uh, the legendary breeder, Subcool. Subcool, how are you? Very good today, Danny, and yourself? 
Uh, right on. I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for uh, agreeing to be here on Free Weed with Danny Danko. Uh, I know you share my same philosophy that, uh, you know, let's free the weed. Absolutely. You know, that's that's kind of the basis of the whole PGA concept is to provide enough genetics out there to where so many people are producing fine medicine that there's nothing that can be done about it. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And uh, along, along the way... Uh, You've written a couple of books. You've got Dank, uh, The Quest for the Very Best Marijuana, and Dank 2.0. I know you've had a uh, High Times Magazine cover. Uh, You're in my Seed Bank Hall of Fame uh, with TGA Genetics and uh, multiple top 10 strain awards. uh, Cannabis Cup uh, winner in California with the Vortex uh, Sativa. Um, How does it feel to have all those incredible accomplishments? You know, it's it's funny, Danny. People often ask me or write me, how can I be you? How can I do what you do? And, you know, all I set out to do was, was get people high and, and grow really good weed. And you've met me. I, I love to talk about weed. And there was no one to talk to, so I, I just started writing and taking um, pictures and, you know, sharing my passion of this wonderful plant with the world. And it just literally the uh, if you want to call it fame or whatever it just fell out of the sky. It really was well, not a plan. You know, I had. you know, it's also it's a result of hard work and uh, paying dues because you've also on the on the flip side you've been arrested and and jailed for for cannabis. And uh, after an experience like that, it can it can make you a uh, you know a stronger fighter. Yeah, you know, Danny, a, a smarter person maybe have given up. I, I have been down a couple times. I've done 920 days in some of the worst jails in America. And um, the, the first eye-opener was I did not realize that you could be treated uh, as I was treated in, in an American jail. I mean, I, I wouldn't treat my – the wrong way to say it. I wouldn't treat a dog I hated as bad as I was treated in there. So – what that created in me, though, was the opposite. Instead of the desire to give it up, it created – that pissed me off. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I've dedicated my life, um, no matter what happens to me, to uh, – I fight for the plant is the way I like to say it. Yeah, well, you've, you've been in the fight for a long time. You were also one of the first people uh, to sort of uh, be in the whole online scene of, uh, of things, and that's been – that's changed uh, the genetic situation – uh, a lot, I would imagine, right? Yeah, it really has because, and uh, just to expound on two things, in the old days, the only way we had to test was to grow out thousands of plants ourselves, and I argue that a simple man can't track a thousand plants, smoke a thousand plants, and decide which one he likes best. So, you know, I used the power of the Internet. I would get a hundred people growing one strain, and based on the feedback from those 100 people, we could decide whether it was, A, liked by the public, and, B, uh, what ramifications did it have for certain medical conditions? You know, did it, does it help with sleep? Does it help with hunger? And when you see the description that, that I write up on our genetics, it's not really a description that I came up with. It's a living description that comes from all the people, including yourself, that give me feedback. Wow. Well, that's great. And I'm glad that uh, you have that patient feedback because it is really important to figure out what it is about uh, these specific strains that treats uh, certain symptoms in people and and be able to prescribe uh, properly the right medicine for them. 
Yeah, I got to tell you, in my in my however long I've been doing this, I've been doing this about ten years. Seriously, it's all I do. And um, you know, I've had people write me letters, Danny, that literally make me cry. And mm-hmm. and you know, thanking me and and I always feel very humble. I didn't do anything. I might have taught them how to make tincture or you know, getting some genetics, but the plant did it. And for any of you people out there listening that, that, that may doubt, you know, cannabis's healing effects, I'm here to tell you that, that I have scores of people who believe that the cannabis plant saved their life through me. And that's, a, that's an awful uh, humbling experience to, to, to go through. To have someone say, you saved my life. And yeah. I always say, you know, the plant did it. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Um, also, your uh, uh, your partner, Miss Jill, is also a breeder as well. She's responsible for uh, the Jilly Bean and, and some of the, some other stuff as well, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I like to say this is kind of a joke, but it's uh, it's funny. You know, I feel I'm a really lucky guy. I ended up with a beautiful cannabis goddess, and. She came with genetics, so when I met Miss Jill, she actually had uh, uh, strains that no one else on the planet had, and we used those together to create things. And one of the strains that she created herself, as she said, is Jilly Bean. And, you know, people ask me what the most famous strain is that we have, and I don't know, but I can certainly tell you at the last Cannabis Cup in San Francisco, uh, more people came up to us to show us jelly bean they had grown out from our seed than any other strain. <laughs> wow. So honestly, whose strains are better, yours or Miss Jill's? <laughs> no, you don't have to you don't have to answer that. You're 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 also a big fan of organics. I know uh everything in this book, uh in these books was grown organically and, and the seeds are produced organically, is that correct? absolutely. I mean we're not like, you know I don't know if we would pass testing but, you know, everything we buy, we buy organically. We look for the Amra seal. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't like the floor. I should back that up. Some vegans don't like the fact that I uh, use uh, blood meal and bone meal. Um, but, you know, it is the earth. You can't get away from the fact that the earth is made up of things that died, and that's what makes good soil. So uh, other than that, we, we try to stick to growing just in earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seeing people call me and want to know about how this product works. I don't know. You know, we make up, we make, we mix up soil. We put some uh, bone meal, blood meal, some bat guano. You know, my yeah. You know what? I wanted, I wanted to ask you about this soil mix because you actually have a famous soil mix. It's a, it's a little hot, and uh, but but the 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 good thing about that is you just use plain water with this mix, right? Absolutely. And uh, oh, thank you for bringing that up so I can clarify. Super Soil is a recipe that uh, that I came up with over the years. I started with Vic High's recipe. As you mentioned, it is hot, but we don't use it just to grow the plants in it. It goes in the bottom one half of the container, and then the other half is filled with base soil and kind of nestles, nestles the root ball. Oh, so As the this plant is... grows, the roots dip down into this hot soil. So the young plants aren't getting burned by being put into the, the hotter mix. They have a, a chance to build up a root system before they hit that uh, more rich medium. Exactly. And so, as you mentioned, we just use water to process. The nice thing is that when we get to the end of harvest, say eight or nine weeks, you know, most of the available nutrients have been used up. And so now we're just uh, 
in essence, it's the natural flush. I mean, you're watering the plants every four days. The soil is getting weaker and weaker. The plants go through that beautiful organic fade, which to me provides the best tasting cannabis. That's cool. Um, now let's talk about strains. Um, I know your vortex. I mean, that's uh, that's one that I just uh, you know, anytime I get a chance to smoke that, I'm really happy. And, and that that's a sativa dominant strain, right? That is our, probably our most sativa dominant strain. A lot of yeah, a lot of your stuff has that sort of Pacific Northwest uh, sweetness. Um, you know that candy kind of flavor that seems seems to be most prevalent in that area. Um, and, and, and seems to be more on the sativa dominant side. So I'm, I, I love that, you know. I mean, I love the fact that these strains, not only are they potent, but they have flavor and kind of an electricity of their own uh, when you smoke them. And they're very uplifting. I think I can say that about them. Got to get stuff done, Danny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you've had uh, stuff like uh, Jack, uh, Jack the Ripper which was just amazing strain. Um, I, I love how you, you call that like the rotten fruit sort of smell or whatever, but it's, kind of, it's, it's almost like that rich composty. It's not, a, it's not an, an, an aversive smell. It's, it's actually a kind of a pleasing, musky type of smell, right? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, I, call it, I call everything this, but I call it rotten baby food. You know, it has that sweet, sour, like baby Gerber peaches, you know, that sour smell it has. Yeah, wow, that's and, awesome. And you mentioned, Jack, you mentioned Jack the Ripper. I, I actually wrote a note down because I felt I would cover this. Um, Jack the Ripper, uh, we're, I am more excited about that uh, creation than any of our strains because of recent testing that has revealed that, that not only can the strain carry total cannabinoids of upwards of 25 and 26%, Wow. But, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, uh, five or six percent of that is something called THCV, and it is a cannabinoid acid that reacts on the CB2 receptor. Now, I'm not going to get too scientific, but it's, it's really simple. The CB1 receptor is, is what is there for why we get high, mm-hmm. why we get visuals, why that psych- psychoactive effect that we're looking for is CB1. But when you're talking medicine, if we can react on the CB2 receptor, that's where all the pain is. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much THC you pump into somebody, it might not prevent their pain. Right. So, so it's, yeah. it's, it's the non-psychoactive pain relief uh, uh, receptor. Right. And that's what, you know, with, with the help of people like Steve Pill, we're chasing. So this is what we're working on right now. We're, we're pretty sure that the THCV is coming from our male, the Space Dude, because it has showed up both in Jack the Ripper and in Dairy Queen. Wow. Oh, that's great. Now, that's yeah, great that's to great. hear. Uh, I met people at your cut, Danny, that are so much smarter than me that can actually take a cutting and test the marrow stem for CBD, THCV, while the plant is still alive, while you still have the clone in the vegetative state. Wow, that really that's got to save a ton of time uh, growing plants out uh, in order to find those results. I think if you can get those results early, you can really focus and concentrate on the plants that produce that particular uh, cannabinoid. Right. So what we're looking for, and I, I hope that you'll you'll get excited about this. So I've been offered uh, by Vernon. You know Vernon. He won the cup. Uh huh. Um, his heroina tests very high in CBD. Yes. So we're going to, he's offered it to us. So we're going to work with the heroina and the Jack the Ripper 
What I would like to create, the dream here, is a strain that has a one-to-one-to-one ratio, THC, CBD, and THCV. Right. Wow. So might not be something, you know, you want to have for for fun. Right. But for for people with cancer, yeah, Parkinson's disease, shaking, any type of tremors. Do you have have any friends with any type of tremor? Absolutely, and I've seen the amazing results that they get from these high CBD strains. So, and and I know that the ratios are very important. That one to one to one ratio. Um, A lot of testing is being done in Spain as well on that. And uh, I don't know, you know, just talking and thinking about that. uh, I don't know of any other breeders out there that are so heavily involved in working with patients and, and really doing this stuff. So it's really amazing. We could have all the labs in the world, but without the breeder's involvement, and, and it, it, then it all kind of is really just test results. We need people like you to actually do the crosses and, and bring these things about. And, you know, it's, it's, you said something that really hits home. It's, I hope everybody understands. I mean, when you guys see me in public, you know, i got the cowboy hat on. I'm, I'm having fun, and we're all whatever. You know, but that's just because I can't bring all the people in the wheelchairs and the gurneys with me. I mean, I, I, we we are here for two people, the growers and the patients. And there's some really, really sick people in this world that get great benefits. And if I wouldn't take this little bit of knowledge that I've gained over my lifetime about cannabis and apply it to, to make some good in my life, I just wouldn't really be a good human. And that's just how I look at it. Right. Right. Wow. Well, um, not everyone is as you know, positive and, and forward thinking, but I got to thank you for that. Um, you actually did get a chance to meet Jack as well. And I believe smoke some Jack with Jack, right? Yeah. I, I not only smoked, um, my Jack's cleaner with Jack, but in one, one of my, you know, it's a famous picture to me. I, uh, <laughs> I took and took some Jack the Ripper and I made some bubble hash using uh one gallon bags that I only stirred for two minutes. Danny, you could see through this shit. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, I went over to Jack's booth. This was the third time I'd party with him. Jack was in really good condition, you know, mentally. He was clear. He was recognizing me visually. He was recognizing the fact that we had something. And he took a little hit off my glass pipe. And I've got all this recorded, thanks to Miss Jill. And he went into a bubble vapor lock for over 30 seconds. And we were a little worried for a little while. And, uh, but I got it on film, and it was a really cool moment. I mean, I, I got Jack really high. So <laughs> I, that was one of my goals in life. And yeah. uh, it was the year before he passed, so I feel so lucky to have had that opportunity to meet with him and sit and talk with him. Oh, that's great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned your tincture as well earlier. I was wondering if, if you'd be willing to just break down real quickly. Um, it's not an alcohol tincture. This is actually a glycerin-based tincture. So uh, w- would, you be, would you be into just uh, revealing a little bit about that? Yeah, I would be glad to, and I would like to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Mama Sandy up at Mama's in Oregon, she taught uh, the guy who uh, runs the Weed and Grow. You've probably seen that. And uh, he passed on the method to me. So all we do, it's, it's really complicated. You're not going to need a pencil. You take the best organic cannabis you can possibly find. You grind it up and you put it in a glass jar and, jar and you cover it with glycerin tincture. That's vegetable-grade tincture. You get it from a health food store. You can order it from Glory Bee Foods. And uh, you just let it soak 
Now, the original recipe is to let it soak for 60 days while rotating the jar. We now let our tincture soak for six months and nine months. And uh, then we, after it soaks, we simply pour the mixture into uh, the bubble bag that you don't use, or you can use a French press. A uh, piece of cheesecloth will work, and you just simply let it drain out. And at the very end, you squeeze it very hard, and then uh, your tincture will go from clear to different colors, like uh, uh, orange velvet is orange, Jack's Cleaner's yellow, Apollo's kind of a brown, thick color. And um, what's that purple? After that, one? What's the purple one you showed me? <laughs> funny. That's the black cherry soda. Yeah. Uh, that, wow. It looked like it looked like Smucker's jam or something. <laughs> it's incredible, yeah. and I, I can yeah. attest to the fact uh, that these these tinctures they taste good and they 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 are very potent and they hit well. I mean, and I think for medical patients, that's a really uh, good way. Uh, for them to take in some of these beneficial uh, cannabinoids is in that tincture, and especially people uh, maybe who have a history of alcoholism or are recovering alcoholics, they can't have an alcohol tincture to begin with. So um, that's what's beautiful about this uh, glycerin-based tincture. Well, uh, I just definitely want to encourage people to check out uh, tgagenetics.com. Uh, there's shirts, hats, uh, and all kinds of information on all these wonderful, beautiful strains um, that Mr. Subcool has been providing to the world and, and Miss Jill. So um, thanks a lot to you, buddy, and uh, I will be talking to you soon. I'm going to go to a short break, uh, but I would like to encourage people to stick around for the next segment. And there we have it. Danny, thank you for everything you did. Thanks, man. We are back with Free Weed from Danny Danko, presented by High Times. Uh, really excited about this episode number two. want to thank my guests, Alan St. Pierre, uh, the Breeders Sub Cool. Really great interview. I want to thank all of you, the listeners, the subscribers, the fans, the commenters, everybody out there on Twitter and Facebook. You guys make this show. Please help, help us spread the word about Free Weed. And the whole idea is grow your own and free the weed. So that's what we're here to to try to teach you with these shows. I hope you were entertained. I hope you had some fun, and I hope you learned something. So we will be back next week with more free weed. (laughs) 